It is uh, Matt Mosley, Matt Mosley Show. And uh, so pleased to be joined right now by the man we know is Kevin Longquist. Kevin, is a, he's been known to show up on the Baylor campus and monitor recruits and, and scrimmages and things like that. And, uh, Kevin, there you were on Saturday uh, out at McLean Stadium. And uh, it is... Uh, it's a really interesting uh, process to watch this spring, watching Baylor come back off of uh, uh, the conference champions. It's a, I would say um, uh, it's a completely different atmosphere. I'm not saying Dave Aranda has changed or anything like that because he hasn't. But, uh, Kevin, don't you sort of sense that there's just a, just a completely different feeling around the program when you show up for these type of events? Yeah, I would say so, it, and it's basically a 180 from last spring, uh, Matt, because remember, that was Dave's first spring because they didn't have one in 2020, and there were so many questions about what this thing was going to look like in 2021. They, they couldn't decide on their starting quarterback until fall camp. Uh, obviously, there were tremendous issues about the offensive line, even though you know Jacob Gall at the time was coming in in the summer, and then Grant Miller was already on campus. There were still like, is this going to be enough to help this line be even somewhat credible? I think that's what people were pointing to is, could this offensive line be credible? And then it came down to, okay, they don't have anyone who can be really physical to run the football. We're going to try Abram Smith because he used to run the football. Hope this works. And then here we are fast forwarding a, a year later, and it's coming off a top five ranking, Big 12 championships, school record 12 wins, Sugar Bowl victory over Ole Miss. Uh, offensive line basically is returning. Uh, I think, and the, the interesting thing for me, Matt, was the fact that when I asked Dave after Saturday's practice, if he still felt like they wanted to try and name their starting quarterback by the end of spring camp. And he was pretty adamant saying yes. And that tells me that, and he kind of gave himself a little bit of an out saying that, you know, if they don't, you know, they can live with it. But I think given where they feel like this team is capable of doing potential repeat of as Big 12 championships, of Big 12 champions, I should say, and then maybe making that push into the college football playoff, I think they just feel like they are in a position that it's sitting right there in front of them. Man, I, I, I get excited thinking about that. Now, is – would there be potential for one or two of these quarterbacks to, uh, if they don't get it, Drones is not really in the running for this. And I don't know, I don't have a great feel, honestly, on what they think of Drones right now. Where, where do you think, I mean, are you convinced that as great as Shapen looked last year, are you convinced he would just kind of hang in there and, and wait his turn if Gary uh, is named the starter? Well, I think that's an interesting question here that people have talked about you know, among the media folks who cover this team is if you pick Gary, would that mean that Blake would be a flight risk and go to the portal because he didn't become the starter, uh, even though the window we got from him was limited? Interesting, of course, but limited. But if you went with Shapen, that kind of puts you in a better position because where's Gary going to go? Um, and he's and he would be probably the good soldier to do that. I think that's the real dilemma here that Dave, 
Jeff Grimes and Sean Bell have to evaluate as they're moving forward with this evaluation process to who they think will be the starting quarterback in 2022. You know, each of them brings certain elements to the table. And like we talked about last week about what I saw from Gary in pro day, where he was just putting something on every one of his throws. He wasn't hundred, he wasn't completing everything, but it, the ball just looked different coming out of his hand than what we saw at any point in 2021. And so I think what's going to be interesting here is does Dave really go with that? What he said on the first camp day is that, you know, Blake's going to have to outplay Gary in order to win the job. So the onus is more upon Blake to do that. And if Gary just kind of keeps doing his thing where he's methodical with what we're thinking here is a better arm than what we saw last year and then making all the throws and leading the offense, I think that could be a little bit more of a challenge for Blake to overtake him. But, you know, time will tell. We've got three weeks left. Yeah, I mean, you say where would Gary go? I mean, my gosh, I think if Gary wanted to not, you know, not suit out this year, then there'd be a ton of people that would be interested in him, I would think. But uh, I think you're basing that off of how great a soldier he was in waiting on his time. And uh, But, man, I, I would think he would be pretty I, – I can't imagine how upset he would be if Shapin was named the starter. And I – to the well, – yeah, I mean, as a competitor, Matt, you would feel that way. I mean, it would be natural to feel that way because you were the starting quarterback last year, and then, of course, you returned for the Sugar Bowl. And even though you didn't play very well in that game, you know, you still were the starting quarterback on the team that won the Sugar yeah. Bowl. Yeah, but, you know, here's the thing, because let's just say, hypothetically speaking, that Gary wins the job. And if Blake wants to leave and feels like, well, man, I just – I'm, you know, I did everything I could, and I'm not going to make it. I'm going into the portal. That really puts Baylor's depth chart at that position in a real spot because then you're going, then your backup is going to be Kyron Jones, and then after that, you've got walk-ons. After that, you've got C.J. Rogers sitting there, who's going to be your likely number third. They got a kid from Texas High coming in as a walk-on in the in the summer, unless you can find somebody in the portal. But you know, Baylor's going to be really methodical on this. And of course, and that's where, you know, not getting a quarterback in the 2022 class really hurts. Even, even if shape and stays, that kind of still puts you, you really need four scholarship quarterbacks in your roster. And Baylor has three. And because if you lose one for whatever, even if shape and stays or if one of those guys gets hurt for, and is out for an extended period of time, that really shows you how thin you are. We kind of saw that last year. Yeah, I just don't know. I, the drone thing is interesting because I just don't know really what truly what they have with him. Uh, now, uh, talking to Kevin Longquist from Rivals, and uh, he was in town covering all that the other day. Kevin, um, were there the uh, Nova side, I believe, was uh, in town. There were uh, York, I believe. There were some guys that are already uh, uh, committed to the Bears. Uh, any any sort of visits or what were the uh, what were sort of the interesting names and folks who were able to attend that uh, who who kind of caught your attention a little bit? You know, there were a couple of 2024 kids uh, running back uh, by the name, excuse me, of Nathaniel Palmer from Decatur, uh, who really has a good start with Baylor in his recruiting process, and, and then. Uh, 
excuse me, Aaron Flowers, 2024 defensive back out of uh, Forney. Uh, he was there as well. There's an, there's a really good looking defensive tackle from Duncanville. Alex January was there. And then obviously, uh, you know, and then there was another uh, 2024 uh, running back from Longview and Taylor Tatum, who was there as well. That's a guy that they really like. So those are a few names that really jumped out. And then of course you have the portal uh, candidate in the LSU linebacker, uh, excuse me, Josh White, who was there. And he's probably getting something set up for an official visit. And he wants to make a decision by uh, May 1st so he can decide where he's going to go. I think this is probably going to be a battle between Baylor and Texas, even though he's got the really good relationship with Baylor uh, because of when he was recruited by Aranda. But those would be some of the names that uh, top names that were there uh, that had a chance to uh, take in practice and watch it from start to finish. Okay. Um, and, you know, I, I, I was looking at some of these uh, names. What about this, um, uh, the prospect who's going to, uh, I always find it funny that they're going to trim it down to 12 schools. But now the, yeah. the way I interpreted that on uh, Twitter is that that particular player was somebody Baylor has been targeting for a long time. Who Who is that on Twitter today? I, I kind of uh, – that, that interests me. I love when they have that background – of like like 50 to 60 offers or whatever and they're like okay we're going to get this thing down to to 12 is that is that a pie in the sky type target or is that uh is that someone who who you feel like Baylor has a has a pretty decent shot at uh, they have a shot i mean it's just going to depend on relationships Matt. it always comes down to you know what kids are thinking and it's not a flavor of the month kind of thing it's a re- it's a relationship business as we all know and i think that's really what it's going to come down to as well i should point out too by the way matt that uh, they had a really good 2023 uh target in there and a four-star defensive back in a, a jalen braxton who was there and frisco from uh, frisco lone star that's a big target and this goes back to matt what i was talking about you know from a, com- a few conversations ago where they are putting themselves in a position where they are recruiting higher rated kids and this is one of them. Jan- and by the way, January is going to be one of those kids to the Duncanville defensive tackle. Okay. Now, but say the name of the guy we I was just talking about that was going to I'm trim it down to 12. I can't say it. I can't say it. And so I'm, I'm bad at names. You know that. Oh, 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 I, I, you're, you're not, I, I thought you were, <laughs> I didn't know you were purposely avoiding it. Gosh, if, if I could find your tweet, I would say it. I've got no issue with that. Oh my gosh! Now I'm, now you're forcing me to surf all your tweets and everything. Um, this is interesting. Something you retweeted. Um, the coming off his visit to Baylor, Cordell Russell, the wide yeah. receiver. You certainly uh, can say his name. Um, and I, 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 I find this receiving. It's interesting because Baylor is thin at a couple of places. It's not like they don't have some talent there, but wide receiver and running back, we still don't quite know what they have. And so it's interesting to look, start looking in that pipeline and to see what is coming on the way. Uh, Cordell. By the way, were you, were you, by the way, were you thinking Mikhail Harrison Pilot, the kid from Temple? Yes, you can see his name, can't you? Okay. Yes, that's I who I was thinking I about. I always trip over his first name because I, I'm, and I said, all right, I'm going to say it. But I mean, but he's coming out with his top twelve. <laughs> he's coming out with his top twelve uh, on Sunday. 
and that's a, and you know and that's a four-star kid by the way great talent he's he's probably going to be recruited as a wide receiver i think baylor sees him as a wide receiver he hasn't come up to baylor for spring camp but i mean he's been there a couple times and i do expect baylor to make that top 12 but he's a kid that you know when he, he it is kind of interesting how he has all these offers on there, but that's true. I mean, he's he's one of the highly uh, decorated athletes from Central Texas, and the great thing about him, and this is what I love about athletes like him, Matt, I know we're getting off course here for a second, but the thing I like about him is the fact that he's also in baseball and he also runs track, and the more competitive environments you are, even though your first love is going to be football, for him that is, just it puts you in the arena in different situations. And I think that'll make you a better performer in the sport that you choose, which obviously again, as you said, is football. Well, I love that temple, the temple connection. Baylor's had some success with uh, several temple players, even recently love to yeah, get the Torian pilot. York. Yeah. Torian York, the linebacker who, uh, the linebacker who committed recently, he was on campus on Saturday as well. And so, um, he's, he's all in. I've, I've kind of kidded with him. I said, I said, you're not doing a very good job on your teammate there. And he started laughing about that. So, but that's okay. <laughs> we got to get this NIL. We got, we got to get the young pilot. We got to get our collective together and, uh, and start battling, uh, uh, for that. But, uh, we got some, some good players headed this way. Kevin Longquist, give me your pick tonight. Uh, the line, by the way, last I saw Kansas by four and a half. All right, I'm not going to talk about the over-under. Do you, um, I mean, and, and do you have a uh, preference? I was trying to think. You have interesting preferences. You're obsessed now with, uh, well, you've always been obsessed with, the, uh, obsessed with the Twins and the Gophers because of your father's connection to that area of the world, and you have all sorts right. of connections. But do, what about the Tar Heels or the Jayhawks? Do you have any connections to, to those schools, and who's your, what's your rooting interest? Okay, well, for starters, uh, you forgot the Vikings. And uh, number two, you also forgot about mentioning <laughs> that Carlos Correa is with the Twins. I just wanted to point that out. And so anyway, Thank you. but uh, Thank you. As, far as, as far as the game is concerned, you know, I'd like to see Kansas win for Big 12 reasons and to make it back-to-back for the conference, obviously, following what Baylor did last year. Um, I think this game really comes down to, is to whose guards are more effective. And if, you know, what we saw from Caleb Love on Saturday night, especially the big dagger that pretty much put a fork in uh, Coach K's career in the closing seconds, I think he's the key for North Carolina. If he is shooting well, and along with R.J. Davis, I think North Carolina wins this. But if uh, Remy Martin for Kansas uh, is playing at this level that we, and we're finally starting to see him after he was banged up this year, uh, I think he's going to be really key for for Kansas in this game, uh, just in terms of being uh, a second type of score. The other thing to look for for people who want to watch this is how you know is a you know Bacot against a David McCormick in the post, and David was brilliant against Villanova on Saturday, and Bacot had the ankle injury but came back uh, against Duke. I think that's going to be great, but again. I'd like to see Kansas win. Excuse me, I'd like to see Kansas win, but I think North Carolina will. And remember, I picked them over Duke when we talked about this last week. Yeah, and for all our Baylor listeners, Kevin also picked UNC over the Bears. All right, Kevin, that's all the time we have for you. That's inaccurate. That's inaccurate. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Kevin. 
have a, Wait a, have a good one. Around, Matt. Thank you. So. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. I'll try to clean that up, but I, I may, I yeah, may have had that one thanks, wrong. Matt. Take care. All right. There he goes. Kevin Longquist rides off into the night. It is time.